0: Winter was here, but we are just getting started on the Game of Thrones rewatch of the Season 7 premiere, Dragonstone. And now here are the two guys who are back together to talk about... Ed Sheeran again. I am Rob <laughs> Here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? Oh, my
1: God. It feels like only a year and a half since we Oof. last talked about Ed Sheeran on Game of Thrones. How are you, Rob?
0: <laughs> I totally forgot that this was the Ed Sheeran episode. And then I heard that song. And I was like, come on. This is. Oh,
1: hands what? of gold, Ed Sheeran's cold. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Ed Sheeran on Game of Thrones. I'm I'm here for it all over again. Right. It seems so out of place <laughs> it's really 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 jarring
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he really does not belong in Westeros at all uh but hey you know uh not the only famous cameo on Game of Thrones this season we're also gonna have uh Thor himself yes well, that was good episodes yeah
0: that was good you, you liked um, that I like that one, but I, I really would have loved to have just uh, seen, like, the the hound uh, decapitate Ed Sheeran
1: <laughs> Listen, in one of these scenes. We still have six episodes of Game of Thrones to go once season seven is done. Uh, who knows? Maybe Ed Sheeran will be a casualty of the inevitable Clegane Bowl. <laughs> maybe. That could be good, right?
0: Okay, so that would be exciting to get to that. Uh, We're only one season away. Here we are. Season seven premiere, Josh. How do you like that?
1: I love that. I'm very happy about that. Um, So after we finished discussing the winds of winter, uh, shortly afterward, I started watching Dragonstone just to kind of get ahead of the game. And I then snowballed into a full binge watch of season seven of Game of Thrones. I haven't revisited any of this material since it was on the air. Um, And once I started watching one, like I had a hard time stopping. I just had to keep going. And I have to say, for me, this is a season that I think gets uh, criticized quite a bit. A bu- uh, quite a bunch like there's a lot of travel by map that's going on a lot of fast forwarding and yar-, yar yar yaring through stuff getting you know from dragonstone to the wall in a single episode beyond the wall in a single episode and back um, it's a lot if you're the type of person that's going to get really hung up on those details i understand why that's going to stick in your craw um, but for me these seven episodes of game of thrones are Really not boring at all. Uh, There's a lot that's going on in just about every single episode of this season. Character interactions that you've been waiting forever for is a little bit, you know, uh, like Hollywoodized as opposed to what you may have gotten if this was a faithful adaptation of whatever George R.R. Martin would have written at this point. Probably But it's still really fun. It plays like a big giant movie. And I think more than ever, especially rewatching these seven episodes in one chunk, I do feel more and more that we're talking already about the first half of the final season. That season seven and eight are supposed to be taken as one big season. And this really plays like act one of the two act finale
0: okay uh i I agree with all that. I don't know if anybody ever accused the season seven of being boring. Is that a common criticism?
1: I don't think about boring. I think that it's more that it's like it's a little bit of a I hot hate boring mess. It's a little bit of a hot mess I think mm. is the is the accusation that the storytelling is a little bit sloppy and that might not be totally wrong, but I think that I'm at the point with Game of Thrones that maybe I don't care that much. Maybe what I care about mostly is, are the character moments going to be satisfying? Is the dialogue going to be fun? Are the set pieces going to be dazzling? Are the thematics going to be strong? And if the storytelling is a little bit yada yada to get us from A to B to Z, I think I'm mostly okay with that at this point.
0: Okay, Josh, I just want to stop down before we get into our coverage of the season seven premiere. We had a bit of Game of Thrones uh, news uh, this week that really got a a lot of play that the showrunners, uh, Benioff and Weiss, confirmed uh, a big piece of news about the show.
1: (sighs) Man, the cat is out of the bag on something. Oh, my God. Rest in peace. Sir Pounce the showrunners have Confirmed the death of Sir Pounce the cat Died off screen Sir Pounce is no more in a scene that they have claimed was so graphic and horrible that they could not include in the actual version of game of thrones this was confirmed in an interview with entertainment weekly and further confirmed by the own by hbo's own twitter account they said r.i.p sir pounce Uh, and as the great ew reporter james hibbard who's fantastic with all the game of thrones scoops as he reported himself uh he said and meow his watch has ended
0: Sir Pounce
1: Pounce is no more That's it But Josh this was a joke right I think so I don't know This
0: got reported as I got An alert on my phone About (laughs) this (laughs) my phone my phone like beeped and something and it was and and i wanted to check it wasn't something that was written by you because that's uh, that that's happened i've gotten an alert on my phone of something that's written by you i'm done
1: with dead cats no more dead cats for me i'm out and i and i got an alert on my phone
0: that this and and it sounds like they're joking around
1: Uh, I think that it's a joke. I don't think that there is actually a deleted scene with Sir Pounce's death at Cersei's hands anywhere lying around on the editing room floor. I think it's just a gag. I think that they just don't want to have to answer questions about Sir Pounce ever again, though I don't know who was really asking Benioff and Weiss questions about Sir Pounce because they are uh, not easy to get access to. Uh, And if you do get access to them in an interview, a very privileged position to be able to burn a question on Sir Pounce. Uh I do not believe that I would have such a luxury. Um so yeah I think that this is a throwaway, but now we should just consider it canon that Sir Pounce is dead and never think about Sir Pounce's fate ever again.
0: By the way, uh let me just ask one final question. Is Sir Pounce a book character? Is it possible that uh in uh, The Winds of yeah. Winter
1: Yeah there could be a completely different fate for Sir Pounce uh, as, what as George R. Martin uh, writes it. So yeah, so just wait another 40 years, mm-hmm. and there may be a different outcome for everybody's favorite uh, Cat of the Seven Kingdoms. Or, see, what I was really hoping was maybe they were going to say that Arya killed Sir Pounce so that Arya could put on Sir Pounce's face at some point in the final Mm. season and that would be like really closing the loop on Arya chasing cats back in season one and like the you know seeing like all like the the dragon skeletons and stuff and over listening on uh on Varys and and uh you know his buddy going through the basement and the king's landing and she's chasing the cat that maybe she can sneak back into king's landing disguised as sir pounce that's what i would like to see uh, in the, in the final six episodes of Game of Thrones. But I think that we're done on Sir Pounce. I don't think that that's going to happen. When I write my final path predictions for Arya Stark, I'm actually, I actually, I was going to say, I'm not going to put the Sir Pounce thing in there, but I'm I'm now actually totally going to put the Sir Mm. Pounce thing in there. Yeah. Why couldn't Benioff and Weiss just say that
0: he was, uh, shipped off to Sir Schrodinger? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah we don't know we don't know you got that way he could have uh he could have existed and not existed at the same time
0: okay all right let's talk about the season seven premiere
1: and we have a cold open winter is coming so you need a cold open yeah it's a cold open to launch us into the penultimate season of game of thrones and it, it's a scene where Lots of people were killed. You love in, this scene. You know, it was it was really fun to to watch this. You and I were watching this in person. We were at the premiere in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and it, this brought the house down. Everyone loved this. This was great. This was a great moment.
0: Yeah, because we know Walter Frey is dead. So we thought something is up from the start. And so here is Walder Frey, and he is toasting all of the Frey men with some wine. Forget that Dornish wine. Arbor Gold, proper wine for proper heroes. But uh, yeah. Walder Frey will not waste any good wine on a woman.
1: Yeah, and Walder Frey, who knew, was, uh, was a white wine guy. Hmm. He, loved, he likes his white wine instead of, instead of the red. Yeah, well, what did they have for dinner? Was it fish? Yeah, maybe they had they had Tullies? fish. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were celebrating the victory over River Run, right? So now it's now it's uh, trout from River Run all the time. Okay, and I won't even bother asking. Do they have the same
0: rules of uh, pairing a white wine with a fish on planetos, or is that an Earth custom? <laughs> I won't even bother with that. Don't
1: go there. Don't go there. We don't need to. <laughs>
0: and so Walder Frey is toasting to the men that helped me slaughter the Starks.
1: Yeah, it's a great speech. It's very uh, in character for Walder Frey. Arya, I I wonder how much time Arya had spent at the twins before she killed Walder Frey, like studying his mannerisms and just like how does he speak and what are his ways and his customs uh, before she killed him and took his face because she does a really great Walder Frey impression. Obviously looks the part, uh, but really just like gets the whole thing down completely, like attitude wise. It's very, very good.
0: I mean, I, I, this could be another thing to really get into the weeds with, but, uh, when you, uh, you know, wear the face, like, do you get the voice also?
1: There's some weird stuff that's happening with the face this season. Like there's going to be the scene later in the season where Sansa just like finds Walder Frey's face mask and Arya's stuff. We're going to have a lot of questions. We're going to okay. have a lot of questions about about how the faceless men stuff works. And I'm afraid no good answers. OK, because we've talked about the height difference also. Yeah, there's just like a lot of a lot of like you just a lot just, of magic like,
0: that we don't have you, to you know be able to understand.
1: You know, I really wish that there was like a deleted scene where you see Arya put a mask on and then you watch what the transformation looks like. Do you like to mm-hmm. see her like, you know, like grow in size, become like a little hunchbacked in the case of a Walder Frey? How yeah. would that work?
0: All right. So we see the, the Frey men are starting to choke
1: and right. uh oh, poison. Yeah, they're all they're all in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh Wal- Walter Frey like stops the Walter Frey speech and now like get getting, getting her aria on as she says, "Oh yeah, you butchered a pregnant woman. You cut the throat of a mother of five. You should have slaughtered all of the stalks, root and stem." Yeah. Uh and then everyone's choking, and I guess Aria is very lucky that none of the freys have like quit drinking that like mm-hmm. none of them are just like sober like hey i'm driving
0: i was driving tonight yeah
1: yeah like it's like every everyone's a lush and so she's able to to get them all just in in one yeah. shot with one well well placed uh you know, yeah. stash of Arbor Gold.
0: It was a toast, so I guess everybody had to uh even even if you're no you know, you're not a big drinker, I think everybody had to at least like uh hold up the cup and, and drink. And yeah. so Arya says, you know, leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe. I mean, technically the phrase left several of the wolves alive.
1: Yeah, many wolves, uh well, not many wolves. There's not a lot of stars left. I mean, they and they only at killed no one knows where Arya is. I think she's presumed dead at that point. Um Bran and Rickon are presumed dead at that point. John's a bastard. They're not counting for him. And mm-hmm. Sansa's is accounted for at this point. You know, okay. she's in King's Landing, so
0: All right. Uh Arya unmasks and then tells uh the uh the, the woman there. What what would you say her job is?
1: She's just like a servant. I mean no, it's I think it's his that's his wife. I'm pretty sure that that's Walter Frey's wife I think hmm. or like his newest bride. I'm pretty sure that that's yeah. what's going on here.
0: All right, it says uh when people ask you what happened here tell them that the north remembers tell them winter came for house Frey.
1: Yeah, and so we're we're done and we smash into the into the credits and it is uh it is it is a hell of a way to launch the penultimate season of Game of Thrones with a big round of Arya Stark branded vengeance. And it's 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 a fun scene, but the it, there's a lot of weird things going on in it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like to to really stop down and think about now, you know, we already did like the wow, are you like actually like butchered these people and turned them into pies? Like just the mechanics of how how this all went down is uh, it's it's a lot Best to not ponder. to think about. It. Yeah, yes, I think that, yes. you
0: know, it, there's a point of diminishing returns with it. The more you think about it, the, the worse you're going to like it.
1: Yeah, so just enjoy it, and I yeah, think that have that's fun. That's, everybody tends to be my attitude towards this uh, towards this season overall.
0: Okay, all right, let's uh, go beyond the wall, and uh, we get a shot of
1: uh, the Night King army is marching. Yeah, and we see like that giant that has the one blue eye, and I think that there was a lot of people wondering if that's one one the giant. I don't think that no. really makes sense because one one died at uh, at Winterfell, so I don't know how that would work. And I think for us to say that all uh, all giants with one eye must be one one the giant, I think would be unfair to the to the uh, the the eclectic group of giants that must be out there beyond the wall. But yeah. this is a cool this is a cool scene because we know that this is basically the way that the season is going to end like this prediction that that bran is having of like seeing the army of the dead marching forward is really going to mirror that final shot in the season seven finale of the dead marching down through the wall uh so this is clever clever instance of um you know it's not quite bookending because we have the aria scene as the cold open but as the first proper post uh title sequence scene of the episode this is a nice way of setting up where the whole season is going to end
0: Okay, Josh, we see Mira and Bran.
1: They are at the wall and they get Ed to open up the gate. Let us in. Let us in. Uh, And Mira is speaking on behalf of herself and Bran and saying, this is Bran Stark. This is Ned Stark's son. You got to let us through. And it's like, I have no idea why I should believe that. Like, uh, what 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 proof do you have? Show me some identification."
0: uh your name is ed you were at the fist of the first men you were at Hardhome. uh you've seen the army of the dead you're friends with Jon snow you've seen the night king what else do you want to know
1: you don't brush your teeth before you go to bed okay all right mm-hmm. say no more <laughs> let him <them> in
0: <laughs> so they let him in and then that's it that's it we don't see them again
1: Bran must have uh, uh he's a, a wealth of information if you're ever looking to blackmail somebody in uh in Westeros these days all like the 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 dirty information the dirty secrets that he's going to be able to have at this point it's a, it's tremendous now that he can see everything he knows everything bran stark okay all right
0: Jon Snow is uh, having another meeting of everybody. And uh, we picked this up uh, right where we left off in the season six finale. Uh, lots lots of big meetings going on here uh, at Winterfell.
1: Do you think that this is like the same exact meeting? Do you think like they've left the chamber yet or this is like immediately post crowning of the king in the north? I think it's another day. It's a long meeting. Yeah, that'd be a really long time. At least you would hope that they had a lunch break. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'm trying to think of how much time has passed because, uh, you know, I mean, there's things like uh, like Danny has sailed all the way to Dragonstone. So I kind of feel like that some time has passed. Not that everything that we see in the episode is happening at the same exact time. But you think it's close.
1: Time is a very strange creature fluid. this season. Very yeah. fluid. Very fluid.
0: Yeah. OK, so having a big meeting. Uh, John is talking about
1: dragonglass. We need dragonglass. glass. Dragon glass is key because they know that that's going to work against white walkers and they know the white walkers are coming. So wherever we can get dragon glass, that's going to be a plus material. hmm. Yeah. Um, but John, I feel like has
0: a we- he's like, uh, we need to find it. We need to mine it. We, we, uh, wait, I'm, well, where are we mining dragon glass from?
1: It's a very specific thing as though he has been told by some clandestine writer that mining for dragon glass is going to be a key part of his political position in a few episodes from now. Yeah.
0: Everybody aged 10 to 60 will drill daily with spears, pikes, bow, and arrow. Where? Where are we drilling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why drill, I- baby, drill for dragon glass wherever you can find it.
1: It's like I've said man I feel like Jon Snow he's he's a hero and he's a doer and like he's great on the battlefield but the command decisions sometimes requires some uh, some finesse. This is like literally just like just drill into the ground for dragonstone seems like or for dragonglass seems like a a bad plan but you got another plan? Mhm. Uh, He wants the women getting ready
0: to fight also. And so uh, we see uh, Robert Glover saying, what? You want my granddaughter to fight? And Liana Mormont is going to give him a
1: piece of her mind. Yeah, Liana Mormont basically stands up and just like squints her eyes at Robert Glover and says, haven't you done enough? (laughs) Just shut up, Robert. As a Robert, how do you feel about Robert? as a name like knowing that that could potentially Classic. have
0: no and it could yeah. not exist in anywhere else other than the george rr R. martin verse
1: robert sesternino <laughs> just does not have the same ring to it robert okay. glover sesternino i'm just saying mm-hmm. guys thinking about a third that's a good name Okay, Josh, there is some talk about what are we going to do
0: with the umbers and the car Starks now that they they betrayed House Stark. What do we do? We're going to take their uh, knock their castles down like Jan Royce wants to do, or will we give them to somebody else like Sansa wants to do?
1: Jan Royce has a lot of opinions. Jan Royce has a lot to say about customs in the north. Like he doesn't (laughs) want to be like working with wildlings and stuff. It's like, dude, you're from the Vale. Shut up, man. This is not your turf. (laughs) go back to sleep yawn yeah myob yeah yeah it's just not whatever uh oh there's also doesn't before we even get into any of this doesn't uh john send tormund and the wildlings to staff eastwatch by the sea yes like you guys uh not only have i let wildlings through the wall but i'm now giving you an entire castle on the wall to defend And there's some controversy over a choice like this. But I think Jon Snow at this point must be like, look, I already died for this thing once. If I die again for the same thing, like it's just Tuesday, (laughs) you know, it's just business as usual. Yeah, he's got a,
0: a bold agenda, Jon Snow.
1: Bold agenda. So, yeah, so from there, everyone's like kind of like, oh, whatever. And Tormund has like some pithy remark of, uh, you know, really shoving it in the Northerner's face that he's now going to be king of the castle on the wall. Um, And this is where we start to get into. All right. So what are we going to do about the Umbers and the Karstarks? Because they betrayed you. They came after you. They were responsible for your brother's death. They were Team Ramsey all the way even Sansa uh you know she's she's kind of giving giving John the advice of like I think we probably are going to need those castles that they are uh that they they that were their homes before like I think so just like unilaterally wipe out the families is probably not a great idea
0: yeah uh Sansa is you know uh very argumentative with John here in front of everybody and uh john is kind of like uh in the next scene like uh like oh uh, why do you have to say that in front of everybody
1: yeah she's saying like we need the castles but these families broke faith we should be giving these castles to people that supported us and she's i guess making the argument like i don't care that these young kids are here uh it's their parents fault for being terrible yeah and now they're gonna have to suffer the consequences There's which really no punishment yeah you know, I feel like that's that's very harsh. I think that Sansa at this stage, she's learned a lot about how to rule. She's going to say later in the season that she's a very slow learner, but I do learn. And I think maybe part of the arc for Sansa is she herself is learning how to be a little more flexible and not just having to like just by custom and just by like the political alliance with the veil vale, like giving them a freebie for coming in and, and saving them and like giving them some new castles to hold on to that there may be something to the way that john runs his ship which is more of the ned stark tradition of like honor bi- binds us to to these people we should give them another chance these kids did nothing wrong i feel like sansa is going to pick up a little bit more of that along the way probably in the final six episodes of game of thrones but right now they are positioned against each other and it's a little contentious
0: yeah and i think that it's a central theme of the show as we go back through seven seasons of this of they can you rule by love that you have the people, your subjects love you so much that they listen to you or must you rule through fear that people are so afraid of you that they do what you say. And I think that this is uh, again, you know, we've seen every single ruler on the show sort of struggling with that debate of too much in one direction or the other. And John and Sansa are fighting over uh, this very subject.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, whatever the end point of Game of Thrones is going to be, you have to imagine um, somewhere along the way, the idea will be the happy medium wins out. But like, what is that perfect formula? Uh, does that perfect formula exist? Or is it just going to be history is going to repeat itself? And as much as Daenerys Targaryen wants to break the wheel, is the wheel unbreakable?
0: Mm-hmm. So... Ultimately, John is going to call up a couple of uh, young people in the court, Ned Humber and Alice Karstark, and uh, they are going to swear loyalty to the Starks.
1: Yeah. Ned and Alice. uh, (laughs) Great pair. Yes. I look forward to their successor show. I think that's going to be a good spinoff. That's Alice, uh, according to uh, these uh, uh, character notes. A-L-Y-S, Alice. A L Y S. -S 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 alice <laughs> alice in umberland uh sounds like a, a great a great show waiting to be made yeah okay well mi- mind that alongside the the dragon glass uh but yeah john like he really wins them over he makes like a really big appeal for ned and alice everybody seems to be on board with it so ruling by love working out for john snow in this instance gotta imagine like it's gotta be like a little bit of like Ollie guilt feeding this, right? Like, Mm. like maybe I shouldn't have just like hanged a kid. Maybe if I'd given the kid a little bit of a shot, maybe that would have been the right thing to do. Maybe there's a little bit of residual Ollie guilt playing out here.
0: Well, John talks about how that he is on his watch, he's not going to have children suffer for the uh, sins of their fathers, which I do think that thematically ties into uh, that. uh, John's father did some uh, not so great stuff along the way, so that is uh, a good rule for which
1: father the the biological. Oh, his biological biological. Adopted yeah. yeah yeah uh so that he Rhaegar was a good dude his grandfather on the other hand was a real pos
0: was he Rhaegar a great guy there was no gray area there
1: there's a little bit of gray but he seemed like he was mostly a pretty loved guy uh and then when I he mean snatched- let's not
0: ask the dornish how great of a guy uh Regar was
1: Oh, the Dornish, yeah, maybe, maybe they wouldn't be super pumped about the way that he swooped in and, and took on a different wife. <laughs> uh, and that's a little awkward and a little strange, and I don't know that everybody was a big fan of that. But outside of that move, I think that he's traditionally fairly well-liked. He's, he's a bit of a Complicated. An artist,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Sins of the Father uh, should not be punished for uh, John Snow.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a that's a big theme, uh, especially as we're working our way to the to the final run of the show, where we're going to see a lot of people who have uh, long traditions of their families not getting along. These people are now going to be forced to work together. And are they going to be able to rise above those differences? I think it's going to be one of the one of the big questions that Game of Thrones has to answer in its um, in its attempt to wrap this thing up. So John and Sansa have a little walk and talk
0: after the meeting, and uh, it's still pretty contentious. And John is uh, saying, like, uh, I really wish you wouldn't call me out in front of everybody. She's like, oh, you are like a real Joffrey. Uh, everything you have to do, everything you say. And he's like, really Joffrey.
1: Yeah, uh, I think comparing John to Joffrey is a stretch.
0: Yeah. And even she's a, like, uh, you're, you're right. You're not you're you're nothing like Joffrey. She's like, I'm sorry, that was a reach. That was the reach. <laughs> Yeah. OK, so they get back on the same page and ultimately um, that, you she's know, like
1: saying like, you're good at this. You're pretty good at this. He's like, oh, stop. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, you are. He's like, no, stop it. Uh, and John starts laughing because he knows that she's buttering him up for something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a butt coming. And we know from Ned Stark
1: that everything before the word butt is a uh, horse shite yes horse shite indeed sansa never heard that one i guess ned stark had a potty mouth when the girls weren't around is what john says uh i would love to see like uh ned stark uncensored stand-up i think would be uh probably terrible actually yeah i can't imagine he was even unfiltered that funny of a guy mm-hmm. uh but the butt is basically sansa saying like listen you got to be smarter than dad you got to be smarter than Rob. They were fantastic. I loved them dearly. They both got beheaded brutally by their enemies. I don't want that to be you. You already died once. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you're lucky that you got to keep your head. That was that was a, you died in a good way.
1: Yeah. You just got stabbed in the heart. It was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. They got like uh, father got like tortured in a dungeon for weeks and then beheaded in front of his kids yeah and then my rob got beheaded and had a a wolf head stitched onto his body he wasn't alive for it but it was graphic it's not good not great not good
0: all right a raven is here and it's from cersei and cersei says okay uh john snow you need to report to king's landing immediately
1: bend the knee it's another bend the knee letter john's like why are people only contacting me when they want me to bend the knee why doesn't anyone just check in to see how i'm doing Mm-hmm. how i'm feeling yeah or like how how my friends are what's new mm-hmm. um he's being summoned to king's landing and sansa is saying hey guess what not a great idea cersei lannister is terrifying you do not want to get in the cersei lannister business
0: mm-hmm. yeah what is john considering going there i thought he's like eh you know put it
1: in the pile we got uh, other stuff to worry about She's basically saying, like, we're going to have to figure out the Cersei situation. Uh, This is a this is a scenario that we're going to have to deal with. I know the Night King is a bad deal, but you you do not know Cersei the way that I know Cersei. And if we completely ignore the Cersei problem, we're going to be in big trouble eventually. I think that that's instructive to us as well. Certainly, we know that the Cersei storyline isn't going, uh, you know, to go away. uh, But she's going to end this season in a way where she is not on board with the fight against the White Walkers. She's still like very firmly against Jon Snow and Daenerys, and I think that Sansa is going to be totally right. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the the conflict with the Night King and the White Walkers actually ends earlier than mm-hmm. we expect traditionally going into the show and that like the final conflict would be against uh the Lannisters against Cersei so yeah. I think Sansa's warning here is going to prove to be pretty prophetic
0: it does seem like that most of the focus of the protagonist is focused on the Night King and Cersei is sort of just uh left to her own devices in King's Landing
1: yeah and I think like that's like You can imagine that being a big part of like the thematic idea of Game of Thrones is like, sweet, we all got together and we defeated global warming. Oh, just kidding. We're not able to defeat global warming because there is still this one faction that is just refusing to do the things that are necessary. And that's going to be Cersei, right? Like that's going to be Cersei as the spoiler. And then they're going to have to deal with that. And maybe they're not going to be able to deal with that. Like maybe that's the bitter part of the bittersweet ending that George R. R. Martin has pitched. Maybe there is a universe where Cersei Lannister is the winner of this thing and it's just a very nightmarish future that westeros has to deal with yes do you think that she holds up the
0: uh beheaded head of uh, sir pounce and then puts it on a a (laughs) spike at the end
1: this is very triggering for me sorry this is horrible i can't (laughs) believe we have like a dead cat in our game of thrones midst right now just leave me alone i'm getting over it please okay Uh. It's too much. It's All right. too much. It's John too
0: much. accuses Santa of like, uh, oh, sounds like that you uh, love Cersei. Sounds like she's your hero.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Somebody loves Cersei. Mm. Uh, no. But Sansa says I learned a lot from Cersei. Yeah. Uh and then
0: uh we go to Cersei herself.
1: Yeah. Uh and somewhere uh between Tommen becoming paced on the ground and Cersei assuming the crown cersei herself has created some uh some some art artwork for the ground yeah inside a mural the red Keep, a mural uh where it has the entirety of westeros laid out she just loves to like poke around here and make plans can it's it be a cool called thing. a mural on the ground or is a mural only on a wall
0: it's like a floor mural floor mural A flural. Let's see. uh, Mural, a painting or other work of art uh, executed directly on a wall.
1: Well, I mean, depending on your perspective, (laughs) can't the ground be a wall? Like if you're somehow able to walk on walls Mm -hmm. and now the wall becomes the ground? Yeah. Um, Or is this like English in Westeros and are we getting really lost in the I don't know.
0: I don't know. I I think it's still a mural. I think we're we're still okay. It's a mural. Yeah. And so they're having this whole thing painted. And I'm not really sure for what purpose other than for Cersei to dramatically be able to say that there's enemies to the east, enemies to the south, enemies to the west, and
1: enemies to the north. I think it's just like, it's, you know, this is your situation room, right? Like, you know, Uh they've got one in Dragonstone where they've got that table that's carved out like Westeros. And now Cersei's got one of her own and hers is bigger and she can walk around it. Uh Probably play fun games on it, I would bet. Yeah. Uh, Cersei is
0: telling Jaime uh, some updates. She gets uh, a lot of uh, great intel as uh, the protector of the realm. And she says, hey, uh, Tyrion is now the hands of the queen. Yeah. Uh, upgrade. Yeah. So that's not good. Remember, you let him free so he could kill dad.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that. That was really great that you did that.
0: Yeah. It was uh, a
1: Really, really helpful thing that you did. Uh, yeah, so they're they're a little concerned about that. They're trying to like arc out what Daenerys's first move is going to be now that they're prepping for a war against the Dragon Queen, and they figure the Dragon Queen is likely to land on Dragonstone, which is mostly abandoned. You would think because the Baratheons all uh, you know picked up their their stuff and headed north to, to defend the Wall, and then try and fight the battle at Winterfell, and they all died. So they figure Dragonstone makes sense. It's got the Targaryen family connection. To. Mm-hmm. And we have
0: Cersei talking about all of the enemies abound, uh, enemies to the east, enemies to the south, enemies to the, to the west and to the north. What we
1: need are better allies. Yeah, we need allies. We need people to to help us out. It's a very big cast here on Game of Thrones, and yet somehow nobody wants to play ball with us. Yeah. Um, they also talk about how they need
0: to start a new dynasty. Uh, and Jamie's like, for what? We have Our, our kids are dead. We have nothing. Yeah. A dynasty for whom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I
1: just like the way they say dynasty. Yeah. Uh, going back to Tywin, I think that's how they always say it. Yeah, it's just like uh, Lannister pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also it's just a cool way to say dynasty, right? Uh, we know that we're going to have the
0: uh, Cersei pregnancy storyline here in season seven as well.
1: Yeah, that hasn't come up yet. I think that that's a couple episodes on from yes. this no, I'm moment, just, but it's but it's mm-hmm. on the yeah. horizon. Yeah, so I think that that idea is on the mind of the show. Is and it's a really fair question for the characters themselves to be asking. It's like. Hey Cersei, why are you so dead set on digging your claws in here? We've got nothing left. Our kids are gone. Mm-hmm. We have no. We have no family. What are? What is it that we're defending here? What's the game plan? What's the legacy that we're going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that question's going to come up for Daenerys as well. Even Tyrion's going to bring that up with her of like, who's going to rule if you're gone? What's the line of succession? Right. Um, and so the these- Stark
0: kids have no parents. So this seems like uh, yeah. perfect scenario for an adoption.
1: Yes, that would be good. I think that that would be a very happy ending here. If everyone can get uh, over their BS and Cersei and Jamie can adopt Arya. And
0: Bran and Sansa.
1: And Bran and Sansa. John mm-hmm. Snow, I don't think that they would have a claim. Mm-hmm. They would have a claim to him. He's an adult now. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I think it's a fair question for the <laughs> show. Know? And I th- No, I don't think so. It's not <laughs> on the predictions list. Uh, it seems like a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but I think that this idea of, like, what are we leaving behind? You know, why are we, why are we just, like, continuing to destroy the world for the sake of our own power? What's going to be left when we are Ash as well?
0: Hence the mural. Uh,
1: yeah I think I think that that's on the mind of the show and I think it's going to be in the Targaryen storyline and it's certainly here with the Lannisters okay we need better allies stronger allies uh and
0: uh Cersei says what do you think I I didn't think of that cut to here come the Greyjoys and here comes new look Euron with his fleet oh
1: yeah looking looking sleek (laughs) uh Man, Jamie, Jamie and Euron's relationship this season is something else. But one of the and, and usually Euron gets the upper hand, including hand humor, like he's able to have a lot of good hand jokes against Jamie. Uh, but Jamie gets to have like the first shot at the Greyjoys as far as we get to see. And him just referring to the Greyjoys as bitter, angry little people who only know how to steal things that they can't build or grow themselves. That's great. I just love. I I love that the show is so honest about how the Greyjoys and the Iron Islanders just suck.
0: <laughs> they do. they're just
1: awful and terrible, and everybody knows it, and it's just it's widely acknowledged in the universe of the show. Okay,
0: Josh, uh, let's talk about uh, Euron two point oh. Euron gets rebooted after the after the king's moot.
1: Yeah, you know he's still got like the weird facial hair, but he shaved his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of got like the like the the leather look going on. Yeah, Negan esque. Negan esque. You know, he's like a little bit of a snack, but he's like kind of like uh, a snack. It's like a he's like a, he's a little bit of a snack, but he's like seaweed snack. Like it's like <laughs> oh, I gotta eat seaweed chips. This is all we've got. You know, this is the snack that we're left with. <laughs> You're really like getting the dregs at this point. if
0: he were a snack he'd be seaweed snack or he is a snack
1: i think he's a snack but he's a seaweed snack (laughs) i think what i'm saying here is i'm not a big fan of seaweed snacks i like sushi but i don't like just like the seaweed chips those are things that i'm not ever excited to eat (laughs) And oh. so like this is who we're left with though. Like this is like this is hot bad guy, you know. We've lost ramsey at this point. We've lost a lot of the bad guys along the way. So here comes like the new bad boy in Game of Thrones. Uh even though we've already met him, but like now we're really re-meeting him and they're trying to give him the makeover.
0: Yeah. He, he got kind of like the Sandra D. makeover where now he's back here <laughs> like in all leather.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, he's not the one that I want, you know. <laughs> 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 just not feeling it. I'm not feeling it.
0: Well, he's trying to make a play for Cersei. Uh, they says that, you know, we're both the rightful monarchs. We should team up.
1: Yeah. You know, I he, he really has this thing where he just he really wants a queen very badly. He's got very big ambitions for an Iron Islander. Uh, and if he's not going to be able to get to Daenerys in time to make his pitch before Yara and Theon are there, why not go straight for the Iron Throne and make his pitch to Cersei?
0: yeah, and so that he is the uh, the King of the Iron Islands now, and uh, jamie 's like weren 't you the guy that you tried to launch a whole rebellion, and then you set all the Lannister ships on fire, and then we had to come and put out the rebellion. Uh, and he cops to it, and he says that Jamie was great in the battlefield. He liked watching uh, Jamie kill all the Greyjoys. And she it was, was
1: glorious. Yeah,
0: she was like, but that was your own people.
1: He's like, yeah, but they suck. I, I'm a self-loathing Greyjoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> people are terrible.
0: Yes, uh, but that made him go into exile, and he became a great captain of Oh, the not se- a
1: great, the captain, captain the greatest captain, the greatest captain.
0: Yes. OK, uh, and so uh, that basically he wants to marry the most beautiful woman in the world. So here he is with a thousand ships and two good hands.
1: Oh, no, you yeah. didn't. Yeah. Snap. Double snap. Something Jamie can't do. Hmm. Yeah. 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 He he wants to marry Cersei. He's going to give her his his armada if she is down for that deal and uh, she she hangs on to her briefcase for now. She's not ready to say yes to Howie Mandel. hmm
0: yeah. He'll be back, though, uh, with a gift, a priceless gift
1: for for yeah. Cersei. Uh, she, he says, I I understand, you know, not ready to commit yet. I gotta prove myself. Mm-hmm. Let me prove myself. I've got an idea. I've got a really good idea, and you'll be really happy with what I come back with. So, he's not wrong. Okay. He's got a got a good idea coming up. Uh,
0: what, is, what is that gift, Hilarious Sand?
1: Yeah, and uh basically just like rocking the Greyjoy fleet. So uh-huh. he's gonna—that's gonna be next episode where he's gonna like—he's gonna have that really weird entrance. Like it gets very WWE at the end <laughs> of the next episode, where like he slams down onto the ship and he's just like, "Blah!" It's like, "Oh wow, you're on Greyjoy. Really, really trying to make this guy a thing." Seaweed snack. Get out of here with that. Okay. Uh, let's check in
0: with Sam. Big Sam episode in, uh, the season seven premiere.
1: Oh, this is where we get like the really gross montage Mm -hmm. of, uh, all the nasty nasties. Cleans the bedpans. He, oh, he looks at the book. He cleans the
0: bedpan. He looks at the book. He walks around. He pushes the card. He cleans the bedpan. He looks at the book. So we get a, a day in the life of Sam. Oh, my God.
1: Woke up, got out of bed, cleaned a bedpan again and again.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then I looked at a locked book in the Citadel.
1: (laughs) I scooped a lot of poop and cleaned a lot of trash. I scooped up some more poop and cleaned up more trash. Yeah. That's Sam's day. It's horrible. Very, very bad.
0: So uh, Sam is assisting the Archmaester in some sort of an autopsy.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of just like a very dirty job. I don't think that Sam expected that he was going to uh, have quite as nasty a uh, a gig coming here into into this season of Game of Thrones.
0: hmm. Yeah. Got to handle a, a lot of gross stuff if you want to be at the Citadel.
1: I guess <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know that that was part of the deal. Mm-hmm. I I'm, imagine that if he knew he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't have been quite so eager to, to earn your gross to chain. On yes
0: yeah and so they're like weighing body parts oh look at this drinker's liver if i ever saw one and so uh sam is talking about how uh oh can i get that uh locked book of
1: and they're like no 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 yeah sam and Archmaester ebros uh he's he's a he's, uh, played by the great jim broadbent of course uh he has like his moments where he's kind of team sam where he's like yeah i i buy the white walker thing like if you say it's there like that makes sense to me mm-hmm. uh but like at the same time we're going to be fine here like, yeah. don't don't worry about anything stop asking me stuff right he's like uh,
0: yeah i believe you but uh, you know these things you know come and go it'll be fine
1: we got a wall we got a wall we got the wall the wall protects us at all times walls keep all the bad things out there's nothing that's gonna cause any problems for us and certainly the wall will be completely intact by the end of the season so if there's even white walkers up there we're gonna be 100 percent fine (sighs)
0: so all right uh clean up also by the
1: way yeah. all right clean up more poop and vomit yeah yeah
0: uh sam is gonna take matters into his own hands as he uh you know has been known to do and he's gonna steal some keys from one of the sleeping uh maesters and then is gonna go steal the book
1: sam A is book. very bold these days mm-hmm. it's just like swiping stuff left and right volerian steel ancient books that are beyond his pay grade He just doesn't care. Sam has run out of F's to give. He's just here to to clean up poop and take names. Yeah. Well, I think
0: that we find out here that, you know, Sam is very much under the belief that, you know, if he does not act, then, you know, this is the end of the world. And so he's got to move. You can't take no for an answer right now.
1: I love it. I love it. I I love Sam. I love Sam Tarley. Is that a surprise? Is that a secret? I think that's no, a when did you not love this him? Point. I think that well, there was a time. He's was a like really sad. early on in in the watching. No, he's a he's a he's a meal. Uh-huh. You know? I'm I'm here for Sam. Uh But I, I think he's especially great here in this final season where he's just like, yeah, let's just get this going on.
0: Okay. All right. So we are going to go back to Winterfell and uh, we see Brienne and Podrick sparring away and uh, Tormund is uh, not looking at Brienne like she's a seaweed snack.
1: No, and this is clearly like, you know, season six already happened. They had that look between Tormund and Brienne, which I think was like amped up based on the performances. Mm-hmm. I think it was less in the writing and more like they saw the, the tape back. Like, oh, that's really funny. And then the audience reaction to it is what it is. Too so fanservice-y? Well, it's, a, it's a little bit, but it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And <laughs> I think that just like, I don't know, I love Tormund's look. Just generally, just like his gigantic, shaggy haired, wide eyed look. So the more of that we're getting from a tournament, the happier I am. I'm okay with it.
0: All right. Now, Sansa is going to chat with Littlefinger. Is Sansa rude to Littlefinger uh, here in these scenes?
1: I think that Sansa's kind of over it with Littlefinger at this point.
0: I mean, she does tell Brienne that Brienne's like, why is he still here? It's like, well, you know, he did, uh, you know, so you'd really bail us out with, uh, you know, the Knights of the Vale. But, uh, yeah, you know, she's pretty, she's uh, really negging Littlefinger here in these scenes.
1: Well, that's good strategy then, I guess right? So. I think for for Santa, like Littlefinger has tipped his hand, uh, his little hand, multiple times, where he has like he smooched her back right. at the veil. He tried to kiss her uh, in Winterfell at the little end finger of the uh, Littlefinger needs to turn it around. See- yeah you know he's like really like gone all in he's shown his hand and so she's kind of like all right well now i know what your weakness is it's me <laughs> so if i just give you the cold shoulder mm. you're you're just gonna want more and so it gives her more power and gives her more access to information that he probably shouldn't be giving up he
0: blew it he big blew time. it oh, yeah big time. he has yeah, no hands
1: absolutely fumbles yeah he yeah. sucks
0: okay and so uh yeah she's like what do you even want get out of here
1: stupid little finger.
0: <laughs> Right, so uh, Then um, uh, He says uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry phone ringing. Ignoring, okay Because she says to him that uh, Look uh, That she knows what he wants uh, What do you want? She's like, I just want to be Peace and quiet, okay? Get out of here <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my hair yeah, uh, and then uh, Brienne walks up and then uh, he starts to talk and she's like, uh, no need to say anything. We, it's, I'm sure it was going to be very clever. Just get out of here.
1: Yeah, loser. I mean, Brienne and Sansa are talking. Brienne's like, why do we need Littlefinger? He smells, <laughs> he sucks, I hate him. And Sansa says, well, we need the Vale. We need the Knights of the Vale. Without them, we would not have won the Battle of the Bastards. But you got to imagine like all Sansa would have to do is like go up to Jan Royce and be like, I know you don't really like Littlefinger. i don't like little finger either let's just cut little finger out of the whole deal i feel like she could save herself a lot of drama but we've got seven episodes of time that we need to fill up here so i think we got to expand the little finger drama just a little bit longer
0: mm-hmm. right right i think that maybe he still serves some usefulness uh unlike uh ed sheeran <laughs>
1: Oh man! Sorry, I just sorry for a, a, the burn, Ed. Sorry, I just grabbed a sip of seltzer uh, that I'm lucky to have swallowed before you finished that joke. Otherwise, I would have spat it out. Uh, yeah, do you think that Ed Sheeran listens to the Winter Was Here podcast? Oh, well, he must he be, be a Game of Thrones he be fan. Careful. So, probably, you should be careful. You should be careful. Yeah. Last time on a, on a different podcast, you burned mm-hmm. somebody else, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, story of my life. Are you a Fan of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> my wife is a huge fan. My wife work? is a
0: huge fan of, uh, of Ed Sheeran.
1: Get over it! You're such a jerk.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, even my uh, younger son, who's five, he might have been four at the time, was like one day just like uh, Alexa, play Ed Sheeran. I was like, what? What is this going, What is going on here?
1: Alexa, play Ed Sheeran Hands of Gold from <laughs> the season seven premiere of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Since said you're said um, your four and a half year old son.
0: That being said, uh, I do think that this is a kind of a fun scene in that, you know, we're seeing the Lannister army, we're seeing Arya and, you know, here hear these people that they have, you know, no sense of what they're even fighting for here. They're just sort of out there. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the Lannister army necessarily does that they say they're on some sort of a peacekeeping mission, but they're sort of just like hanging out by themselves in the woods.
1: It seems to be about the size so, of it. Yeah, you know, a little bit of like sort of more like
0: camping <laughs> than uh, like doing anything. Sort of like uh peacekeeping.
1: Yeah, they're glamping. You know they're having. <laughs> they are. It seems pretty plush conditions for for this crew. No, I like it too, and I, I I hope that it's representative of of where the show is ultimately going. Of this idea of like we gotta lay down our arms between our old enemies in order to rise up collectively against this terrible other threat. Uh, but even to see like. Arya has a couple of moments here uh, early on in this season where there, are some, there seem to be like some signs that are warning her away from her vengeance plan like maybe vengeance is not the way forward Arya Stark maybe you gotta be a little bit more three dimensional than that uh, and seeing Lannister soldiers here who are not only not so bad but actually seem like pretty decent people Ed Sheeran you know being jarring notwithstanding um, that maybe she should take some note of that and she seems to have like a peaceful dinner with these guys. They're all very sweet. They you know offer their food. She's not stealing from them. She gets to say like, yeah, I'm going to King's Landing to kill the queen. Everybody laughs. So she's killing it Big in the laugh. jokes department. You know. So I, I you, you hope that maybe some of this is going to land for her eventually. You probably think it's not. You probably think that this is more in the show to like show that there was another way forward for Arya Stark.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just to tie this back to uh, Cersei one of the things we missed in uh, the Euron conversation was that Jamie asks him like uh, didn't you kill your brother uh, or Cersei says that and he's like yeah it's great you should try it
1: <laughs> it's really really nice
0: yeah so as we're talking about Cersei and killing and, and uh, anything Cersei endgame uh, just an important uh,
1: thing to uh, tack on there yeah yeah so- you wonder you think you think that Cersei might kill Jamie? Uh, it's possible. I don't yeah. know that I think it could go
0: either way, but I think that we have to, you know, really go into these final six episodes, believe it or not, with, you know, an eye on sort of, like the, you know, Cersei, Jamie, Tyrion, you know, some, you know, somebody is killing somebody in that three for sure. All right. A uh, big uh, night for the Hound and Thoros of Mir and Beric Dondarrion. We're not expecting a big uh, Hound plot line in the season seven premiere.
1: Ah, uh, But I love it. I really like these three together. It's a shame that we don't get more of them. Uh, but what we do get with Beric and Thoros and the Hound is pretty good.
0: OK, so we are, uh, you know, headed north and. And, uh, you know, I do like the banter between uh, Thoros and the Hound here uh, that uh, Thoros is talking about how it's a bad night to be outdoors. And uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, hot enough for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Hound is not having anything for small talk. No, he, he, he has a, a love-hate relationship with Thoros of Mir too. Thoros of Mir just, like, wants to to get Sandra Clegane to... To be his friend. Like he wants to give him some rum. The hound doesn't like rum. It's too sweet. Thoris says, Why are you always such a mean guy? I'm just trying to be your friend out here. Mm-hmm. And the hound is like, Listen, top knot.
0: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like that top knot either.
1: No. Yeah. Doesn't really like it. Coming for uh for my brother's hairdo. It's mm-hmm. so, really really not cool. Yeah.
0: Is that still happening? Top knot, man bun?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, is my brother still wearing a top knot? I was going to say, actually, no. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if that changed after he saw the hound take Thoros <laughs> of Mirror down. Once the
0: hound took down uh, Thoros, I think that that was it. That was the end.
1: No, there's some people who are still confident enough to rock the top knot. Yeah. Uh, but the hound really, you know, really calling it into question here and saying, like, listen, we know you're bald under there, you're not fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. I think like a legion of top knot wearing Game of Thrones watchers were shook that night. Yeah. I think when they started selling the fake ones, I think that was it. They sell fake top knots? Yeah, you can get like uh like
0: a top knot like uh I don't know what you'd call it, extension, toupee. Top knot toupee, toupee knot? Mhm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we come upon a house and the hound recognizes this house from season 4. Yes. He's been here before as have we yes and uh, he's like nope let's leave these people alone
1: yeah i don't really want to go in here it might feel a little awkward mm. um, but it turns out we're going to find out in this episode that the the hound can see the future right because he's going to peer into the fire and he's going to see things from a few episodes from now uh but it turns out the hound already had this power he was mm-hmm. able to see the future long ago back in season four yeah. Uh, what was that prediction he made? He basically said to Arya, like, these people are good, makes a nice stew, very decent people. They'll both be dead by winter. Mm. Yeah. He could Ding see it. Ding the bell. Ding the bell. Because he got it. He got it. He could see Called it. Called that. But you got to imagine... They probably would have done a little bit better if he hadn't stolen all their money.
0: Yeah, they probably would have done a little bit better uh, if they had their money.
1: But I don't know
0: if they would have done much better.
1: Hard to know. Hard to know. But I think that this is all part of that story with the hound where, uh, you know, he's wondering if a lifetime of being a jag off is going to have to be the way of it moving forward. Or can he do some good moving forward? But he is forced to reckon with his own past mistakes and seeing these poor people now dead and like frozen in a corner. Uh, he's not happy about it. He feels terrible about this in his own way. He feels bad.
0: He feels bad. They were very, they were nice people. They wanted him to hang out and work there. And, uh, you know, that, that would have been, you know, maybe if they would have had the money and they could have like bought the hound to uh, sort of like uh, work there and take care of them.
1: Maybe they might have had a chance. The hounds, uh, his rate is too high.
0: His rate is too high. They wouldn't have been able to afford him for
1: long. Yeah. 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 His day, his day rate is huge.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. But, you know, they did have uh, real estate, which is tough to come by. Definitely, definitely. And they made a means too. Yeah. OK, so they're, you know, uh, you know, hanging out there and uh, the Hound and Beric Dondarian are talking about a conversation that we've seen Jon Snow have uh, before. Like, what's special about you, Beric? You're not special. You're not that great. Yeah, but the Lord of Light thinks so. Lord yeah, of what? Light's a big fan. Why you? Why why does he keep
1: bringing you back? The, the Hound has seen much better people die and they don't get brought back. Yeah, and Beric, uh much like Jon Snow, he's like, you don't think I ask myself that every day, every minute, <laughs> every hour? What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm here. I have, to, I have to continue on. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you keep getting brought back? Lot, what is the point of you? He's a lot more confident than Jon Snow. He's like, listen, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Know, the Lord of the Light has, has things planned for me. No, but seriously, Josh,
0: what What is special about Barrick? Why why did the Lord of Light bring him back eight times? Great
1: question. Great question. You know, I really thought that I had a good answer to this, where where I really thought what was gonna happen was either Barrick was going to die and John was going to die, and Thoris of Mir would have to like choose which one to bring back, and Barak would be like Thoris! Bring back Jon Snow. He's the one. Uh Or like Barrick himself would somehow be able to bring Jon Snow back. I thought we would see that in the Beyond the Wall episode. I thought that that really wrote itself. Uh, Did not happen. Barrick may be dead possibly uh, by the end of season seven. He's there at the wall when the wall falls, but you don't see his body. You don't see Tormund's body. You got to imagine they're probably still out there somewhere. Otherwise, the Barrick thing really was for nothing. Like uh-huh. if, 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 you know, if that's how Barrick died, then really much ado about nothing with Don Dondarrion. So I'm still holding out that there may be something like this with Barrick breathing life back into Jon Snow for like one final power play where he's able to like transfer his own sort of light, you know, infinite life power to Jon. Um, otherwise, I really don't know what the point of Don Dondarrion is. I
0: mean, he got the hound to the north. Is there is there anything there? Is that is that why they could have like does the hound have a purpose? And if the yeah, hound has a purpose I, I, then I mean,
1: maybe that could yeah. be that could be something where again, like if you imagine that the white walker thing actually ends faster than um, you know, than we expect. If that's done and then Starks versus Lannisters is at the actual end game or Cersei's army versus everybody else, if that's the real deal and that's how we get our Clegane Bowl right like where the mountain is about to inflict some sort of massive game ending damage on everybody but since the hound is now here and he's able to stop the mountain that turns the tide of the battle or something like that maybe maybe okay so he's a little anticlimactic I little feel anticlimactic. like him bringing John back would be a bigger deal and I think with six episodes left I think that's still a possibility
0: Okay. All right. Uh we're going to see the hound he's going to give a proper funeral to uh the uh the homeowners. Uh, uh we're also going to get to see where uh Thoros is going to uh have the hound look into the flames.
1: Yeah, look into the fire. He's like, "What do you see?" He doesn't see anything at first, and then the hound is like really he's taking a magic back by the back. He's like, "Oh crap, I actually see things. This is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this it's is a strange." Schooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a sailboat. A scooter is a sailboat, you idiot! Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, guess what he sees? Ice.
1: What? A wall. A wall of ice. The wall. The the wall. The wall. What else? I see an arrowhead mountain thing. Your brother. It, it, maybe this is foreshadowing the mountain. Mm. The Cleganebowl, hmm, yeah, and what else? Lots of dead people, dead. more dead people than I can count. What? Yeah. Uh, so the the <laughs> hound is seeing stuff, man. The hound's tripping balls here in the this house. Okay. So he the hound's a believer now. He he's fully in. He's like, all right, I guess this is real. Damn it, it sucks, but mm-hmm. all
0: right. Okay. All right. Uh, and so. Then uh, we're going to see uh, uh, this. I'm sorry. I said it in the wrong order, but this is where we're going to yeah, see. It's fine. Uh, yeah, they, bury the, they, eh, bury they bury them. them. It's yeah. sad. It's a cool scene. They deserve scene. better.
1: I, yeah, they did. It's a cool scene. I think the whole, the whole sequence up here, just like this, like kind of like this this road show of the three of these guys, I think is a, a fun little sidebar here in the season seven premiere. Uh, but we go from that. We go to Old Town. Gilly is in the house, as is little Sam.
0: Hmm. yeah reading the books and they're going through everything and it does feel like those uh maester books uh you know the font is like you know size like 32 fonts feels like that you could uh you know read through one of those in about four minutes
1: have you seen these maesters though they need the big font <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i guess i don't have uh, enough glasses right no probably not dragon glasses
0: yeah. And Sam, he's crashing. He can't really uh stay awake for much longer. Gilly says, Go to bed. Uh Sam says, Gotta keep studying, gotta keep studying. And uh hey, what's this? What what is
1: this? A uh, a map of Dragonstone? Yeah. Gilly's got all the hot tips, right? Like she's the one who's like cluing Sam into everything. She's like, Oh, maybe you should check out this book. And Sam looks in the book and like, Oh, snap! Dragon glass at Dragonstone. That makes so much sense. Yeah, is, is Gilly he,
0: Azor on high?
1: Yeah, I think that Gilly is going to be the one to the save. The Princess us all. who was promised. Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, she knows
0: everything. She's like, oh, that's that's Dragon glass, Sam. I think you should check yeah. that out.
1: Yeah, Give me check a pen. Yeah, so he writes to John this is a big deal he's gonna he's gonna write to john and tell him all about the dragon glass mm-hmm. uh and that's not quite it for yeah, what's back going to work, on Sam. Here in old town yeah it's get more poop and, and puke to to clean up here yeah go collect all the balls from uh the infirmary ah uh, terrible job bad job uh he's he's going in it's he's just having a horrible time and as he's in like sick bay he comes across somebody that he has yet to meet on the show, but is a dear friend of ours, Rob. Yes, Sir Jorah is in there. Uh, Jorah's in there. He has, like, his gangly arm now. The grayscale has really kicked in. Yeah, got real bad. Got real bad. It's bad. He's very scabbed up. He's, won- he's wondering if the Dragon Queen has arrived yet. Uh, they don't know. Sam doesn't know what, what that's all about. Uh, yeah, but of I have heard anything. Bye. Yeah. But it's <laughs> happening. It's happening. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh what do you think did Jora like admit himself to the citadel?
1: Yeah, I think he came to the citadel looking for a cure. He's like, "All right, so Danny tells me I got to go cure myself. I'm going to go to the to the citadel, which is like the beacon of knowledge in this world, so maybe that's a good place to start." And say he just got quarantined. This yeah. is his, this is his waiting room. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Then we are going to have an arrival. Daenerys Stormborn. She is here. She has oh, arrived. She's made she has landfall. arrived at Dragonstone. And uh, I feel like that, uh, you know, we had the the closing shot of the last season was uh, Daenerys sailing and it was like, yes. And then I feel like that this is kind of anticlimactic, Danny arriving at Dragonstone because this is, takes a long time to develop of just she's walking. There's hardly any talking in this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's no dialogue at all until the very end when she's in the war room and she says, it's like shall we begin? like a lot of set begin? porn. Yeah, it is a lot of set for, I mean, it's a very impressive set. It's really, they did an incredible job. And it's like, oh man, we've been to Dragonstone before, but like, Dragonstone, like, you've been working out. Because, like, mm-hmm. you're swole, you're pretty. Uh, Dragonstead's got, like, the really. They're shooting in new locations. They ha- they've they built out huge new sets. Like, we'd never seen the throne room before. The throne room is brand new. Um, so it just looks great. But I think that you need this. I really do. I actually. I'm, I'm a defender of this scene because we've been talking about Daenerys Targaryen returning to Westeros for so long that I think if you don't do some arrival porn here, you're going to be in for a letdown. Like, this is a monumental moment. It was a big moment that she was sailing for westeros but she's actually arrived she's here this is where she was born she was born in this literal place uh and for her to like really take her time and size up the spot this is what she's been fighting for for so long and now she's actually getting to set eyes upon what she was fighting for for so long i think it's a it's an exciting moment maybe it's not huge for podcasting but i think the experience of watching this sequence is pretty dynamite
0: is Dragonstone that great now because Danny's there or did it just kind of suck because uh, Stannis and Melisandra were hanging out there?
1: That probably didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. Like all we were doing was like hanging out in the war room, which admittedly mm. has a cool table. Uh, but otherwise, we we're just like burning people. Mm-hmm. Or we yeah. were in the cells, but we were never like in any like we didn't get to see the cool beaches. We saw beaches, but they weren't At as night. cool as this beach. Yeah. Yeah. Some daytime beaches, but those beaches weren't as cool as this beach. This is a better beach. Good beach. Good architecture inside the the rock structures outside are neat. Yeah, Daenerys ends. Shall we begin? Yeah, feel free. Shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. We're Get in. to it. Yeah, we've been we've been ready. We're ready. You should have begun earlier, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's cool. And I think it's it's cool to see like all the other people like reacting to arriving in Westeros for the first time and Tyrion coming back for the first time in a long time. And Dragonstone is going to be like a major set piece for the rest of the the rest of the season. So I think it's important to like kind of clue us in on what we're going to be working with here. I don't mind. I don't mind the set the set porn. I think it's fun.
0: Is Dragonstone like going into the Statue of Liberty? Like you have to like walk up like 300 flights of stairs to get to where they are. Yeah, and you have to cover it in pink slime <laughs> in order
1: to get it to move.
0: Or do you think that, you know, Drogon just can, like, uh, take people up one at a time?
1: I mean, probably for future reference, but I feel like they, you know, I mean, been maybe on it's a, like the wall. Maybe they have, like, an elevator. They've been on a boat for so long. They need to stretch they need their to legs. Up, up their step count. They got to get to 10,000 at least. Okay. All right. There you have it.
0: That's Dragonstone.
1: That's Dragonstone, season seven premiere in the books, and we march onward through season seven Uh, which I, again, consider first half of the final season. So I'd like to think that we're already in the final season, Rob. Yeah. Only six episodes left to go in our rewatch. Can you believe it? Yeah, man. I mean, we've been at this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So that that tracks for me. Okay. All right. So...
0: Next time out, what can we expect besides uh, another Euron Greyjoy sighting?
1: Uh, Euron all over the place uh, at the at the end of the next episode. It's the the battle of the Greyjoys, uh, an end to the Sand Snake era, or at least a partial end to the Sand Snake era. We're going to see a lot more Daenerys. Next week, we are going to see. Uh, it's going to open with like a, a real great, you know, meeting of the minds between Daenerys and Varys. That's going to be a little contentious. That's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melisandra herself, she is going to arrive back at Dragonstone to take a meeting with the Dragon Queen. And Jon Snow is going to get hip to the to the Dragon Glass situation, and he's going to start making the moves to to see what Daenerys Targaryen's all about. So, okay. A lot happening next week. All right,
0: that's all next time out on Winter Was Here. A lot of stuff going on, post-show recaps that The Walking Dead is back this week. Ooh, Whisperers. Yes, the Whisperers. It's all happening. Uh Jessica, Lisa, and I talked about all that. Jessica, Lisa, and Mike Bloom are talking about Star Trek Discovery as well. Disco, so, Yeah, Star Trek Disco. So a lot of stuff going on. Of course, you could follow everything that Josh Wiggler is doing for
1: The Hollywood Reporter. No Sir Pounce uh, coverage yet. None. There will be none. I'll I'll bake it into a future story, but there will be no surpounce breakouts. I'm too upset by the news.
0: Okay. Uh, but go ahead and follow everything Josh is doing, the com slash Game of Thrones. Of course, also you could follow Josh on Twitter at RoundHoward. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.